Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. It is always an honor and always a schuss to be able to take your questions or comments around the mental health field. The number to call in to ask your question is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your questions or your comments about any topic that you would like to discuss. Just A, it should be family appropriate, and B, not to have any parenting questions under the age of eight. There was an interesting concept that I was doing a workshop on marriage, on Shalom Bayez, and I sort of helped in the book. We've got the chapters on 18 different natures, and I found it's way too complicated to discuss in Shalom Bayez 18 different natures. So what we did is basically simplified it to the four elements that the Rebbein Shalom created in the world, Eish, Mayim, Ruach, and Ofer, to, to fire the ground, earth, water, and fire, and air. What's interesting is, just to give a little idea just how it affects us, imagine someone is very grounded, Ofer, right here and now, and they're married to someone that's Ruach, imagining, flying, dreaming, which is almost always the Rebbein Shalom has a wonderful way of putting those two opposites together. What happens is, what happens when these two start clashing, which is supposed to happen? Why do that? Step one. Step two, which is also another interesting concept, is even about Aish and Mayim. They're both emotional, but one is a lot more. And one, so fire is an open emotion. Water tries to keep emotions calm. Also, I'd like to get some callers calling in, some adults if we've got, 718 683 5858. 718 683 5858. And what's interesting, when you've got couples doing a work, they start recognizing that the Rebbein Shalom sends us, our spouse, but with the exact opposite nature, to ground us, to help us. So if someone is very grounded here and now, then we want them to be able to be more ear, dream a little more. The person that's very ear, dreaming, we need to ground them a little. Someone that's emotional like fire, today they're hot, tomorrow they're almost out. They need the balance of the water. It could be emotional. Just keep it cool. Keep on flowing. Don't stop. And many times in couples, when we have the disagreements, it's very easy to recognize and say, instead of blaming the other person for having a different nature, what we want to do is we want to thank them for having a different nature because this way we are able to grow and be more than we were. If we would marry the same nature that we have, then we won't grow. We won't learn to go beyond our limits. All right, we are going to start with a girl, um, Ms. S. You please, we're looking forward to taking your questions or your comments. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And Ms. S., you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Um, hi, my name is Essie from Williamsburg. I, um, my question is that my mother had a baby, about a month ago, I went to my cousin's house. Since then, I can't fall asleep at night. I could be in bed for hours, not being able to sleep. My mother tried giving me ben Melchior or Benjo. Benjo worked several times, but without it, I can't fall asleep. Okay. First of all, that's very powerful. You read that very strong, very confident. Do you realize that? Do you really think you said it very strong, very confident? Um, yeah? Do you know what yes. I mean, confidence? Do you know what confidence is? Yes. You're, yeah. 
do you realize that you have a lot of confidence? No, not really. Okay, so let me tell you, you have a lot of confidence. The way you said the name, the way you said where you're from, the way you said your question, it was out loud, clear. Do you know how many adults we need to ask them to please speak louder and to be stronger, and you just said it straight out? So can you recognize that you have a lot of confidence? Yeah? Thank you. You're welcome. Maybe. Okay, good. We got to a maybe. Very good. And do you also realize that you're very clear that I understood your question? You said you have a difficulty falling asleep since your mother had a baby, and you were slept by other people's houses. The one thing, you tried the Melitru, which is a natural vitamin, and you tried Benadryl. You said the Melitru didn't work at all, and the Benadryl worked sometimes. So that's you right. your question very clear, very loud, and that's impressive. Not too many people can do that at your age. So recognize that you're a pretty strong leader, and also for you to recognize you're calling up to a place where a lot of people listen to it. So many times we can be afraid, and you did it so clear and easy. So recognize this. Most people do not have it at age 10, and most people don't even have it at age 30 and 40. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now let's go ahead and let me understand. Are you home already, or are you still sleeping by some other people? I'm home already for like three weeks. Three weeks. So you're home for three weeks, and how long is it hard for you to fall asleep? For, since my mother had a baby. Since your mother. Now, when you close your eyes, could you close your eyes a second? What, now? Yeah. Okay. And if you would close your eyes, what, tell me, what do you think is hard for you to fall asleep? Do you think about something? Are you afraid of something? Um, I think about that. I can, I think that I can't fall asleep. You think about that you can't fall asleep. So when you close your eyes, what are you thinking about? There's got to um, be something besides for that. Sometimes I think about Hanukkah. Then um, sometimes about. Let's do something else. When you slept by wherever you stayed by, were you able to fall asleep? No. No. When you were in bed by them, what were you thinking about? I was thinking about that I can't that I can't fall asleep. So I want you now to close your eyes and picture yourself in bed over there and see that it's hard for you to fall asleep. What are you thinking? That I can't fall asleep. What do you feel when you can't fall asleep? I feel that the next day I'm not going to be able to learn and have strength. Now close your eyes as you're doing. I want you to imagine that you, even if you don't fall asleep, you know friends and you can study easily. Just imagine that. How would you feel if you know you could even sleep only one hour at night, and when you wake up in the morning, you're going to be able to sleep well? How would you feel then? Um... I don't know. Close your eyes and imagine it. What would let you go to sleep no matter what and be relaxed? Um, can you ask the question again? Sure. Let's say a Malach tells you you'll have friends anyhow. Friends is not an issue. 
Good. So what were you worried about if you won't be able to fall asleep at night? That I can't fall asleep and I won't be able to learn and... Okay. So could you imagine the Malach tells you you're able to learn the next day? How would you feel then? I would feel very happy. Good. So close your eyes now, and I want you to imagine you're by this friend's house, and the Malach is telling you even if you can't fall asleep, you're still going to be very successful. You're going to be able to learn and remember everything. How does it feel now? Very good. Excellent. Now tonight, we'll see, Mertesham, if you're going to be able to fall asleep easily. And if you have a hard time falling asleep, just tell yourself in your mind, imagine Malachim there telling you, you are going to be able to sleep. You're going to be able to learn the next day easily. But it's hard for me to think that way. Give it a shot. Give it a try. Okay. Just give that a shot. Okay, right, so thank, thank you. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome. You're very brave. And if you're able to sleep well, Merit Hashem, call back next week and give us the feedback. So oh, that's all we want you to imagine. Okay? Okay. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. And now we are to the next caller, Mrs. R. And the number to call in to ask your question or comment is 718 683 5858. Five, and Mrs. R, you're on with Mordechai and Haravnissim. Yeah, hi. Um, I was just diagnosed. Can you speak up a little, please? Uh, a little louder? Uh, hello? Yes, can you speak up with a little bit more power? Yeah. I was just diagnosed with uh, bipolar number two. I always heard of bipolar number one, the regular. And this is number two, that the mood uh, changes like uh, 20 times a day. Uh, can you please like, give me more information on this? I would like you to give me more information about bipolar 2, because bipolar 2, not to confuse people, is actually very similar to, is very similar to um, ADD, but extreme ADD. So there's a very big difference between bipolar 1 and bipolar 2. Bipolar 1 usually has the mania where people are up till 5, 6 in the morning, and then they can get up at 7 o'clock and be completely refreshed and energized. And they have the ups, the downs. They can do crazy stuff. However, bipolar 2 looks a little bit different. Can you tell me the symptoms of bipolar 2? Okay. Um, I understand that uh, bipolar 1, uh, your mood lasts, like the mania lasts for at least uh, 2, 3 weeks, up to a month, 2, 3, whatever. And uh, then you can become depressed. And uh, by this one, your mood changes like at least 20 to 30 times a day. It keeps on changing. Every, like it can change every minute or every hour. And you feel up and down, up and down, up and down. And my mood changes. And uh, uh, not only my mood, everything, my, confidence, my level of confidence, so, everything fluctuates. Yes, I would like you to recognize, think of bipolar 2 like an extreme ADD. ADD means the mind flies all over, means you're going everywhere. That, imagine that, but a lot more extreme just without that major hyperactivity. means things can get you very tense. Things can look like you're flying all over. But at the same time, it's very likely that it's something else. It can be that. That's just a simple way of explaining it.
Uh, right, but it's probably it is. I mean, I have the classical symptoms, so. I, uh, I, I thought, right, I, I don't, I hear all of a sudden the question, like, it's probably that, as if I should say yes or no. I didn't speak to you enough. I didn't do the full evaluation. I didn't do your past which is extremely important. We want to find out how young you have it, how long you had it, when it started, what were the symptoms to that. If it's in the family, there's a lot of questions. When you ask me, it's probably that. You just like, oh, I thought, whoa, hold on, that's a little too far for me to say. means you'll try the medication. It takes, it takes a little while for the medication to kick in. Bipolar 2, similar to, um, we'll need the, the medication, and then you can see how it's working. But a simple way of viewing bipolar 2 is ADHD or ADD, a little, a little extreme. It's not... Uh, okay, but I have more the depressive symptoms. That's right. So, again, uh. it, we need to see what happens and when. You need to understand when someone has the depressive symptoms. Is it depression? Like, and that's where you go to a psychiatrist or to a good therapist that does the, that, that does the evaluation, that recognizes, is, there, is it depression? Is there a lot of mind flowing? You know, is there a lot of, like, stuff happening yeah uh, okay good okay thanks then you're very welcome thank you oh, okay Bye-bye. yes uh, i want to go ahead and go to uh some adults to please call in number 718-683-5858 looking forward to taking your question or comment hello Hello. Yes. Yeah, hi. Ramodachai, we have a, a question here that uh, from anonymous caller. Basically, it's uh, touching our issue, Shiduchim, Shlom Bayit, and all together. Uh, it's a Hasidish family that uh, the the other side is not Hasidish, it's Litvish. And as issue about now, the, the boys and the girls, how they're willing to, are they are allowed to talk in between the, the time, you know, the, the separation time. In the engagement, the engagement to the wedding, and the, the one side is pushing to talk. Sometimes, some, some, the other side is pushing to 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 be silent. So the the mother really is she doesn't know what to do. She wants to do peace and shalom bayit, but uh, the issue is very. So if we can help her. All right. Let me tell you the question that I hear. So let's repeat the question, Arvindson, and then let's do it together. Let's see if we both hear the same question. Also, just announcing the number again, we'd like to get a couple more adults. We have some children on the line, but I'd like to focus more on adults right now. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Let's take this question and start analyzing it. We have someone that they got engaged, Baruch Hashem, to someone from a different culture. In the Hasidic culture, the Hasan and Kalos usually don't speak or meet at all. And sometimes they might meet once if there's a wedding, they'll speak for a couple of minutes, but usually not. On the other hand, you've got the Litvish culture, which they meet pretty often, once a week, once in two weeks, they speak twice a week, whatever those that are sticking to the Takanas that the Rabbanim try to put on, some of them are the more, more Litvish or more modern, I should, whatever language you're going to want to use it, they meet more often, they text more often, whatever it is that it goes through. Now what happens when you've got two different cultures getting together, getting married, and now they've got different cultures' opinion. The answer is, step number one is, welcome to marriage. Even if you're in the same culture, you're going to have to figure this out. But let me tell you the question that I hear, and you tell me about this, Rav Nissen. I seem to hear that there are some issues going on that for whatever reason they did the Shidduch, 
And now each one wants their way to be respected. Which means, is the famous story with Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, they asked him that someone had the minog that they walked the father and mother walked the child under the chuppah. The other one has a minog that father, father, mother, mother walks the chuppah. And they asked him, Rav Yaakov, what do we do? What's your minog? So he told you, my minog is called Shalom. So certain kids, we walked father, mother under the chuppah, and certain family, certain of our, certain of our kids, we did father, 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 and mother, mother. Now, if we want for this shidduch to work out, we're going to have to start setting some rules and saying, what are we going to be mavater? What are we not going to be mavater? That's what couples do. However, when we have this problem here, it sounds to me, and I wonder if there are more stuff going on, like the mother that called up is really going to be mavater whichever way, but the husband's got the issue. Or it's the way the other ones did it that's the issue. And I wonder if that's what is really going on behind the scene. What would you, sir, have listened to this? I think you are right, hundred percent right on this issue because I know that I, I passed already three uh, weddings in, uh, for my kids, and uh, you know, I, whether some kind of you know some kind of experience about this issue of uh, matter, what the tradition, what you're doing, and it's, uh, we consulting. Uh, I remember we consulted Rabbi Aaron uh, Weinberg, Zecher Tzadik, Kadosh Levacha. Yeah. And you know the story that he, he married, he, his kids married to Hasidish, to Litvish, and each time he go by the side, other side, what they want and how it's working. And I think this is the, the really um, a good siman, a good sign to our children that are going to be married to how to behave, you know, accept the other side. Listen to the other side and be mevater, because this is the, the whole issue about being a shlom bite. And this is the, you know, it's, it will be shlom in ourselves, in our Am Israel, achdut. This is the most important things. Yes, exactly. So when someone asks a question like this, like, we have one minute, the other one has the other one, it's very simple. Sometimes you give in, sometimes the other one will give in. But when we ask the question of, should I give in this or should I give in to that? There's usually more under it. It's usually you're worried something will happen, that you need the reassurance. Or you want to work out with the other one. Maybe you gave in already too many times, and now the question is, should I give in to this one too? Are you worried about how they get married? It's going to be the same issue. I gave in, I gave in now, so we're going to give in later, and the other side isn't giving in. That's why questions like that we like when they call in directly, because this way we're able to ask some of the questions and get more clarity into what is really going on behind the scenes for us to address to make the suggestion. So let us go, I guess, to Mrs. X. Mrs. X, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello? Yes, hello. Hi. First of all, I want to thank you again. I called in a couple of weeks ago, and I thanked you then, but I feel like I need to thank you again because since then I gained and learned so much more, and I introduced your line to more people. And I'm looking forward to learning and gaining more in the future. Thank you. I'm honored. And if I can put you on the spot, can you share with us a detail that you gained or that you appreciate? Um, I can't think on the spot, but I know that with my friends and family, every conversation we have is always, you know, your name always comes up and we always say things. And if anyone has a problem, we try to think in your way. Like, what would he say and what would he think? And that alone helps us a lot of times. Well, I'll share with you a cute comment along those lines. I go for therapy once a week. And once in a while, when I ask the therapist a certain question, he says, you know, 
what do you think Mordechai Weinberger would have said to that? And I go, you know, I think he would have said so-and-so. And he goes, yeah, that's exactly what I would have said. <laughs> and I do funny. that many times to my clients. You know, what do you think you would say first before we ask what? Mordechai Weinberger? So it's a cute, cute point that you mentioned that. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Do you have a yeah, question? Yeah, I, I have a question also. Go ahead, yes. Yeah, I don't know how to phrase my question, but a couple of weeks ago I wanted to call in and I wanted to ask a question to the effect of like that, like why do I always feel like I need to give my opinion to people? And that week when I was calling in and you didn't take my call, someone else called and she asked a similar question. She said that, like she's having a hard time, her friends and family are telling her that they don't like to be around her because she's always telling everyone her opinion and disagreeing yeah. with everyone? Yes. So my question is not like that. It's different because I, Baruch Hashem, I get along well with people and I have a lot of friends and everything, but it's not that I feel the need to tell people. Whenever I decide I'm not saying, I feel like, like they're missing out because I know and, and I really feel like I want to... I always know that really there's a lot of ways, but I feel that whatever I think in certain things is, like this is really the way to do it, and this is the best way. And, Wonderful. And Wonderful. I'm so happy that you're so confident about yourself. But I've got a question for you. What's right for you, is that what's right for the other person? Um, even when someone asks me, and I know that I really should be answering them, like if someone asks me even an opinion, something they're buying, something they're doing, somewhere they're going, it's hard for me to, to answer the way they need to be answered because I just think in my Okay, way. let's stop a second. Listen to what you're saying. What you're saying is whenever there's information that has to be given, there's part of your brain that says, let's do it differently, and the other part of you just shoots it out your way. And the way that you feel isn't as beneficial to you. There's a better and a healthier way, correct? Um, maybe. No? Uh, isn't that your question? No, That's I just what? have strong opinions, and it's hard for me to... What's the problem with it? So you have strong opinions. Like, for example, I, I teach... Wait, wait, no, 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 no. I want to go straight to your question. Don't give me examples. What's the problem? You have strong opinions. You're confident. Go ahead. Enjoy it. What's your question? That why... That I, I always feel... Like, I always share my opinions. Not when they're not the asked. I, I don't hear like, a problem. Hold on. What's the problem that you share your opinion? Do you want, now your question could be, I don't want to share my opinions, but I can't keep my mouth shut. Give me a problem here. You're, let me present to you the question, okay? You be Mordechai right now, and I'm going to go over to you. I have a problem, and then I'm just strong. I have my opinions, and I say my opinions. And people no, the reason why I wasn't asking until now because... What's the problem? I, just, I was thinking, like, really, it's not a, like, it doesn't even bother me, and that's what bothers that's me. That's right. So then why, what's your call? Give me a question. You're saying a question, and you think say it's not it, a I question. Like it's not I want right. you to be clear. What's your question? When I think about it, I feel like it's not right. When you think about what? About this concept. Can I give you an example? No, no, no. You gave me already two, several, you gave two examples. I want you to hear, I want you to clarify your question. If you say an opinion, do you have doubt if your opinion was correct? No. So what's your question? But I, I try to always think, like, why can't I think of the other person's point of view. Well, they asked you your point of view and your opinion. Why should you think about their point of view? They asked you your opinion. Even in a conversation or in something, when you know, we're having a discussion, they ask me, and then they're disagreeing or whatever. And I yeah. really believe that if they don't think my way, they're mis like they, 
this is the way. They're, if they don't agree, then one so day now, they're going to agree. So now, can we change your question a little? Then let me phrase it as a question. But if you agree, then I want you to ask the question. You have an issue that you cannot see another side. You just see your opinion. And people can get annoyed at you when you only see your opinion. Um, maybe. I don't know. Do I, I, you see, I don't know. Say- I need a question. I need a question. You're giving sentences. It's like, like, it's almost like you're coming to me like, sort of like a rebel. Uh, just give me a bracha, it should move on. You need to come as a therapist when we ask questions. I have a problem. Then we discuss the problem. Then we start some ideas. We start seeing what's going on. You're not coming to me with a problem. Because, because you're not letting me give an example. No, I don't want an example. I need you to say the question. But it's hard for me to say a question without an example. Okay. So I'll tell you what. Harav uh, Nissen, can you help out over here? It's true that uh, I um, was, you know, <laughs> working on other text uh, and other stuff, so I just, I wasn't into the conversation. I'm all sorry. Right. I'll tell you what. Let's put you on hold, all right? We're going to get right back to you. We're just going to take two, three people that are holding. We're going to get back to you, and then we'll see about my I'm giving you. And a, then you're going to uh, hear my example? Uh, we'll go to your example after, okay? So we'll just put you on hold. Hold on a couple of minutes. And we are going to go. Let me just read over here two messages because we've got several people on hold that we're going to get to. I'd just like to read um, first one over here. I owe you a big thanks. I have listened to your program number 15 on how to lose weight without dieting a year ago. I boxed lost 60 pounds and maintaining. It happened because I finally took your advice not to do it alone and go for help. I joined a support group and I am a new person physically, emotionally. Thank you. That's beautiful. We have on the free phone line, which is 718-298-2011. That's, again, 718-298-2011. In Section 1, we've got different shiurim. Number 15 is about how to lose weight, how to keep it off. Of course, it's just one-hour program with a couple of different information, and glad to see that it worked. We are going to go to Mr. D. Mr. D, you're on with Mordechai and Rav Hi, good evening. How are you? Baruch Hashem, fantastic. Okay, so I have a question. Uh, if it's a little too sensitive for the nature of the, of the program, you know, you'll stop me, obviously. You know I'm what, gonna, let's I'm hold on a second. Let's put it. you on hold. We have a Rav Nissen over here. You'll tell him the question. I, He's, I, 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 I cannot get him unless he will call again, but I'm doubted they will get it back. So, so, I'll, so I'll, I'll tell you what, with your permission, I'll, I'll progress very slowly. And then okay. I'll give you pl- plenty of time if you wanted to stop me, okay? Okay. So this the setting here we're dealing, let's say, with a, with a high school class, a boys' high school class, and you know, boys do their things and and they can make jokes with each other, they can get physical sometimes in funny ways and so on, and sometimes a lot of times those jokes may be, uh, you know, t- a touch or a slap in an inappropriate area. So far, am I okay? I'm uh, not going to get any more detail than this. Is this okay? Um, I'll tell you what. I, I don't think it's that big of an issue, but I don't think we can address it publicly because there's a lot that needs to be said, and it's just more of a private one-on-one conversation. Okay, so I'm going to steer away from it then. Good. My, my question you. then is this. A student that has been diagnosed with ADHD, yes. if they're taking this they find themselves doing it too much, or they yeah. find themselves being extremely uh, anxious, 
for example, if he misplaced a, a pen or something of, of little value to him and he can't find it right away, he may cry. Is, is the, does the ADHD um, cause this student to go overboard with a lot of things? Can that be part of the, of the uh, effect of ADHD? Most definitely could be, but it can also go the other way, too. So let's understand ADHD, and I will try gently to even discuss and drop the first topic that we're not going into. ADHD or a- goes into the concept that the brain moves faster. Think of it that way. The brain is quicker, which means it will notice things quicker. It will answer the question even before the Rebbe finished the question or the teacher finished the question because they already assumed they already heard the ending. There's someone that they almost have like, almost like Navua, like they can see the future, which means they see what's going to be coming, what's happening. That is, when they get older, they're able to recognize body language of people very well. They're able to recognize emotions extremely well because they're reading the body language triple the speed of an average mind. The downsides, wait, uh, let's add on to that, also feeling-wise, they can feel and need a lot more because they will need more a high because they have more senses and they want to enjoy things more. So yes, they might be able to slap or hit someone. They can be more physical with others because they need that the sensations are heightened and they need a heightened feeling to it. Now, on the other hand, they can also be tense and nervous because they're not able to sit in class the entire time or if kids take it personal if they slap them, or if they're playing a game and all of a sudden it's getting too rough and the kids get hurt, well, they might like it that way. On the other hand, they can also cry sometimes because they're trying so hard to study, so hard to stay focused, and they're just not getting it. And then if someone would make a comment, you're so stupid, or if they work so hard and they get a 70 when they put in an extra five hours, which was so hard for them to put in that five hours, and another kid just got 100 easily with barely studying, if it happens a while, then it can affect their self-esteem. So ADHD or ADD can definitely share some, some of the reasons for, that, for what's happening, but you still have to do a full evaluation ahead of time. We want to know, is there anxiety? We want to know what's happening in the house. We want to know if other kids are more physical. If, let's say, the father is a more physical person, then that's how this kid is raised. Just to give an example, we know on a huge level, that kids that bully, usually there's a lot of um, aggression going on in their house many times. They have an older brother or sister that are bullying them or fighting with them, and then therefore they pass it on like they do it to others. So just to blame everything on ADHD is not what we really do in therapy. It can be some of the symptoms. It can be other stuff as well. That's where, again, evaluation, why an evaluation is so important. Sure. Um, So... Just to recap, uh, one interesting point you're making, it's almost as if it could be um, misunderstood as a sensory issue, but you're saying the, 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 everything is so, such heightened alert that they, they almost demand that sensory touch because they're, again, just explain that part on how, it into, you know, how the sensory issue comes into play. Sensory issue, well, I guess we're now changing topics, but... I was just no, no, just when you mentioned no, no, the extra hitting or the extra playing or may feel good, it's not about you know, that. To me, it's I about see that for them sen- to you know, like sensory-wise, how does how, just if you could explain that, Nikuda, one more time, how All does right. the ADHD affect that? That they would want to play more, or they enjoy the hit, or they want to hit more often, or so on. 
Imagine the brain moves quicker. Imagine you're driving the car at 100. Most cars drive at 55 miles per hour. And then if you're going 75 or 80 and you open the windows, you feel the rush of wind. Now imagine ADHD, their car, their normal speed is 120 miles per hour. Will they feel that they're going fast when the windows open at 80? Mm-hmm. No, they'll feel they're going 35. For them to feel the rush, they need to go 150, 160 miles per hour. So for them to feel an excitement, the sports, the game, or even it's between the girls at the play is really feeling it, they need a more intense feeling. So they are, when there's yelling, shouting, screaming, jumping, now they feel they're connecting and they're bonding. That makes a lot of sense. Can I... Now, hold on, hold on. Now let's go take your question. That's, oh, you just hit a great point. Just, just on Shabbos, someone stopped me, and someone was asking me about ADHD and all the symptoms that they're telling me, and I told them, i got to tell you, I haven't met your kid at all. But you're describing symptoms of sensory and not ADHD. It means the kid can study, the kid is doing well, and able to focus and very calm, but they take things very personal. And sometimes when they play, they can squeeze the siblings too hard. Sometimes when they wear their clothing, it takes them a while to get dressed. And the parent was saying, is this ADD? Or they were told that it's ADHD. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm hearing actually sensory issues, which, again, mm-hmm. that's where a good diagnostician, a good evaluation is important to find out, is there anxiety in the house? Is there ADHD? One of the ways you could tell if there's ADHD or ADD, let's say the, the thought component is how are they doing when they study? How can they study in general? When they're in class, is their mind able to stay focused on one thing? Are they able to complete tasks? And then you see, is it a sensory issue that's just when they're fighting or just when they're wearing clothing or just when they're talking to someone that they talk louder or that they're being more physical? So there's a lot involved. And, yes, if there's ADHD, to be aware that the other issues that you might that you're discussing can also be an issue because, again, the brain needs more sensation, and there's a lot of sensations in certain parts. Are you familiar with uh, a medication by the name, I may be saying it wrong, Strata? Stratera, yes. Stratera. Yes. Can you talk for a moment to that and I would look possible out, where, effects okay, so that that may have on uh, uh, demeanor of a child throughout the day? So I will tell you, I really work on not discussing that just because I'm not a psychiatrist. I mean, in my private practice where I speak to the psychiatrist, I speak to the to the therapist, to, to the clients and to things like that, I do get involved and I explain that a lot. But mm-hmm. it's just to know, in short, Stratera is the medication for ADHD. It is a oh, ADHD okay. medication. Yes. Okay. So you can't speak to, like, common side effects or something like that? I don't like, like that. to do No, I really like when we speak to a doctor. I, I try to, okay. know, in my one-on-one private practice where it's not, where that's my role, to speak to the doctor, I do that, and where I share with them that information. But on this place, I like to stick to to the social work area. But yes, I will tell you, Stratera, Stratera is a uh, ADHD medication. Okay, and you, your private practice, you... Take clients only we at don't, your practice, we or you I go also to, to people or schools or stuff like that. I'm sorry, say that again. When you say your private practice, where are you based? I'm based in Bar Park, but we're we're not going in that right now. Like, let's not okay. go there. <laughs> the The point of this is not to generate. No, no, I understand. Me. I'm yeah. just thinking out loud with you to see, you know, if 
Okay. Fine. Understood. Okay. Yeah. You're very helpful so far. I really appreciate it. Okay. Great. I'm glad. I'm glad that was a, that was a nice question. It was a different question that we usually have. You know, that we usually got. All right. Okay. We're going to go to nice Mr. talking to you. S. Nice listening to you. Thanks. Sure. My pleasure. My pleasure. We are going to go to Mr. S. Mr. S. Hello. Yes, Mr. S. Yes. Shalom aleichem. I want to know: Is there any possibility to translate your book in Yiddish? Ah, that is such a wonderful question. Hashem, one day, it's definitely on the goal. It's wow, definitely because on I have it, but it's very hard to understand. I know. In English, it's too I hard know. for me, so I, know. I would really enjoy it. We about ADHD it. just before, so I definitely got a nice part of ADHD. And I've got like a list of like 50 projects that I still would like to do. So, Hashem, right. it's on the list. Thank you. <laughs> You're right. very welcome. Atzlocha. I guess for those of you listening, it's now coming up to Hanukkah time. It is a great gift for those that you would like to send someone the covert message of, here, get some help. But if you've got someone that you would like to share with them information, how to build your self-esteem, how to be successful, how to have friends, how to be able to be a leader that people should want to listen to you, to be able to slow down the process and to be able to grow, um, the book has got an entire oh, full, each of those are different chapters, how to break perfectionists, how to be able to be relaxed through the process of life, Merit Hashem. All of these are in the book, and it's called Alive, a 10-step guide to a vibrant life. However, listen, who do we have next? Mrs. W. Mrs. W, and then we're going to go to those girls that called in, the girl that called in before. Mrs. W, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Yeah, hi. Thank you very much for taking my call. Certainly. Okay, um, my question is about my seven-and-a-half-year-old son. It's n- I don't think it's a parenting question. <laughs> um, I see, I've noticed like, a lot of OCD, OCD issues with him. Is it something that I should, like, Can ignore? He might grow out of it. Issues? Should I treat it? Can you share with me what you call those? Like, instead of telling me OCD Like, symptoms, for example, he would be playing with siblings. So let's say a half hour, yeah? So within that half hour, maybe 15 times he would ask him, do you forgive me? Like he hardly even touched him, do you forgive me? Do you forgive me? Like for any little thing, he would just jump on, do you forgive me? And if he wouldn't answer, like he would get nervous ready from him, he would say, okay, just just one more last time, but it doesn't end. Then comes another last time. Okay. Now, could you see the last one again? Like he would, let's say if his sibling it like gets nervous already, so you asked me already, I told you already, I forgive you. Why do you keep asking me? So yeah. he would say, okay, so just one more last time, answer me. But it doesn't stay with that last time. It just continues with another last time and just another last time. And if he doesn't answer him, he would just like make him crazy till he tells him yes. Now, let me ask you something. Is it possible it's a self-esteem issue instead of an OCD? This is what someone that has a weaker self-esteem, which kids might feel, and that's how they act. means so they don't feel they deserve. Be, so I also thought about it, but I've noticed it in other areas also. Okay, share with me one or two other areas. Where do you notice it? Like, um, for example, if he would, like, say a bracha, if he thinks that maybe he said it already or he didn't say it right, he would, like, say, like, but, like, a very often... Like, he, like, mm-hmm. keeps saying things quietly to himself, and I'm asking him what he, like, and he's counting with his fingers to say three times, but he would okay. do it often. Two other questions. 
and choose. You can see how you want to pass because we're on air. Does anyone, you or your spouse, have a little OCD or anxiety? Mm, maybe anxiety, yeah. Okay. Because OCD is under the parsha of anxiety. And it's uh-huh. similar to not having that much, that much confidence, which means for little kids, it's much simpler to work on. You're able to tell them it's okay. You're able to have the Rav or, the, or to have the Rebbe tell them you're allowed to make mistakes at this age. Because many times, kids, it's not OCD. It is just their way of, they're just great kids, and that's what they're listening to. Right. He's also very vulnerable. I see everything that has been said. He takes very, like, personal, including a story that his teacher would say. He would take it so, like, into him that he would be, like, he would be scared if it's, like, something scary, and he would be scared. That's right. That's why I don't even know if it's OCD, and I don't want to start jumping to OCD. It might develop into that, but it could just be classical anxiety, which we always say parents deal with your issues, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. because kids then will take things very personal, and we're afraid, then kids feel afraid. So if the parents are afraid, oh, maybe I'll make a mistake, or maybe Hashem will be upset at me, kids will somehow pick up those feelings, and what happens is now when they hear a story from the Rebbe, which the parent thinks the kid has no idea that I'm afraid, yes, it does. And somehow, when the parent goes for therapy, and the parent changes, then we notice changes by the kids. So your kid is seven, and I would make the recommendation, whatever, whoever might have it, let them go for therapy. Uh-huh. And, and then with the child, I should just ignore, like, let, just not say anything, or just tell them it's notice, okay. Let's focus back to my words. When the parent goes to therapy, it's not called ignoring. If the parent mm-hmm. doesn't go for therapy, then definitely don't ignore it. Uh, so yeah. you've got two choices. Either the parent go for therapy and then send several kids to therapy because this keeps on going by more and more kids or develops later on, or the adult parent goes for therapy and we just prevent it in several kids. From my experience, unfortunately, usually, we send, usually I get several kids rather than the parent go for therapy. I'm just sharing with you the cruel reality that I deal with. But the other kids are fine. Nobody's affected. Yet. 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 And then all of a sudden I have a person coming to me, I'm 19, why did it all of a sudden develop? It didn't just develop. You have one sibling that got it at 7, another one that had it at 12, and another one happened also when they're 30. Mm-hmm. So basically the what parent, you're saying is that the, the parent should go for help. That's exactly uh-huh. what I'm saying. So I want to make sure we're clear. So now notice when you ask, what's the solution for the kid? The solution is the parent should go for therapy. Uh-huh. And Not that's that, it. Ignore it. Not that no one should go, no, the parent should go. Now, mm-hmm. if the parent will not go for therapy, then no, then you'll need to send your kid to therapy. And I just want the parent to feel guilty for all you parents that are listening. Feel guilty when you send your kid to therapy and you're not going. I, I want to create the awareness and the guilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't think the anxiety is in such a high level that it mounts Exactly, but... and I don't think the OCD for your kid is on such a high level yet. Not yet. Uh, I was we... just wondering if it's going to get worse. Oh, the parent does not take care of it. Yes, it will. Uh-huh. Yeah. I hear. And the phobias part, like he gets scared of every little story of that he reads. Of course. Like part of the same thing. Of course. Thing. Yep. And now you'll understand why whenever someone wants to send a kid to my private practice, the parents must come for therapy at least several sessions before I even see the kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while the parents okay. might have it a little... And the, and the kid would have it more if I could work on the parents little, then many times the kid's thing completely disappears with a little bit of guidance. Once the parent's anxiety disappears and you give the parents two, three tools, we don't even have to send the kid to therapy. But if the parent doesn't go for therapy and they still have their little anxiety 
and we try to give them tools how to work on it for the kid, their little anxiety will will Overcome. guarantee that the tools probably won't work. Uh-huh. I see. Yeah. Okay. I Thank so you very, very much. Question. It's such an intelligent question. Great. I appreciate it. Thanks. You're welcome. Certainly. Excellent. And the number to call to ask your question is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. Now, let's go back to that girl that called in. Hello? Okay, hello. You're back on with Mordechai and Herb Nissen. Hi. Yeah, I called um, a bunch of weeks ago, and I told you about my fears, that I'm very scared of everything. Yeah. And you said that I showed me clearly that Hashem promised me that nothing is going to happen, and it really, really helped. Good. How do you feel? Tell us how, well, how do you very, feel? Very, very calm and much more secure. Yes. Okay. And also, I want to know, I have a teacher. She's teaching for a few years already. And whenever she talks, she always, like, closes her eyes and she looks down and whatever. But I don't know why, but it looks like she's not confident. And then when she's talking to me, like, after class, I went to ask her something. And when I was talking to her, like, she was, like, looking down. Is there a way that I could talk to her that she won't, like, that she'll be able to look at me and not, like, look down and whatever? It doesn't look like she, like, why is she scared? Like, why isn't she looking at me? Ah. Well, let's take your question. Let's assume she's got a confidence issue and she doesn't look at you. So what? Is there a way that I can make her feel confident that she will be able to? Why would you want to do that? Because Why would you oh. even want to spend time on getting a leader to try to change someone else? Let's change it. What do you think you can work on yourself to continue growing? Okay, but no, I'm saying that, like, I want. I don't want that she should feel like she should be scared of me. I'm not scary. She doesn't have to ah, so now let's change your question. Your question is that your teacher might have a confidence issue, might, and it bothers you that when you speak to her that someone's afraid of you. You feel hurt that someone's afraid of you. It's not so much hurt. It's more like, like it's like stupid. She doesn't have to be scared. Like, she's ruining herself. She doesn't, she doesn't have to be scared. In other words, let, let, me, let me, please forgive me, give me a question. You're making statements here. What is your question? Is there something I can do to make my teacher feel that she doesn't have to be scared of me or she could look at me and it's fine if she just, like, thinks before she talks and it's fine and it's okay to make a mistake. Okay, so let's clarify your question here. Your question has got a underlying false premise, which is notice, is there something in your power to change another person? The answer is no. I do not help anyone in my private practice at all. Ever. I don't change anyone through these programs. We just discuss concepts. Whoever takes it, takes it. Now, is it your place to teach a leader something? No, I don't believe it's your place to teach her. Okay, thank you so much. Now, I still believe your question goes a lot deeper. And I believe your question is you're uncomfortable that she's uncomfortable about you. It's your issue. Why? That's my thought. I don't really stop what you're saying. All right. What's the big deal if your teacher's got confidence? No, it's every not a big deal, that, but it's just so a pity. Every teacher that you have, you notice their mistake and you want to help them? 
Yeah, why shouldn't he? Right. So do you think it's your job to help them? It's not my job, but if there's a way that I could talk to her or say something, like in a way that All right, I let me could, ask you, if you would have your four-year-old then, sister, would you, how would you respect or listen to your four-year-old sister if she would give you advice about something? I wouldn't. Huh? You I wouldn't. wouldn't. And how would you feel if she points out a weakness that, that you might not even think people notice? I would think that she's very smart, that she hopped, but I think, like, Casey's a little kid. Yeah. And then would you respect her for, let's say, the rest of the time when you speak to her, especially when you need to be... Now, forget about a teacher, which is more than an older sister. That's right. That's my point. Okay. And All right. Thank you. And also... We are going to Mrs. W. Mrs. W, you're on with more of Nissim. By the way, Ritson, what do you say to that question? I, I said that uh, maybe the teacher has a, has a own reason, you know, according to Alakha, is not watching the Arba Amot. Could be, you know, that it's different, that issue, that uh, so the class can uh, approach the teacher. I know one said, you know, my teacher, maybe your teacher's like, why don't you look at it? You know, but it's not a personal, definitely not a personal question. And not trying to to fix somebody else, except uh, I think that the girl, the girl had the issue that uh, she wants to know what other people thinking about her. Maybe I think yeah, I think there's a lot more going on to that question. I think it's yes. nice, but I just wonder if there's anything else going on there. Yeah. Okay. So Excellent, we'll to... Mrs. W. On with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello. 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 Hello, hello. <laughs> All right. Okay. The number to call in to ask your question so we'll or go comment to, is 718 we'll Mr. Mr. Huh? M. Just go. Okay, Mr. Okay, M. Okay, Mr. M. You're on with Mordechai and her. Hello. Yes. Okay. You hear me? Yes. Yes, we hear you. If you can just speak up, put a little more power in it. Okay, so my question is, I have a very hard time making decisions. Um, especially if it's a big and costly decision. Um, I've been much worth it. I've come a long way, and uh, I, I haven't known my own. I didn't have a taste or every, anything, and I, I developed it with Hashem, but every time I have to make a big, big decision, I'm like, I feel stuck. Okay, Mr. Almost away. All done, okay? Okay, what's your question? Mm, my question is, how could I... <laughs> How could I start, you know, getting easier at this? How could I, Hello. let's say, I, I just get stuck. Oh, I don't know what to do. So I, the question is, how could I get the courage and, and actually know and, and just get easier at making my decisions? All right. So let me explain to you why your question is that confident. It's, it's so complicated. And I'll share with you a little simple solution. Your question is complicated because in order to make a decision, you need several yesoidus ahead of time. Just to give you an example, if a baby can't even crawl and you're asking, how do you get the baby to walk? So the answer is the baby's got to get older, the spine's got to get stronger, then they learn to crawl, or first they learn to sit. This way, they, they, you know, the spine develops, they get more of their hand-eye coordination, learn to start crawling, then they, the muscles start building up, 
then they learn to stand, they start learning balance, and they take a little step, they fall, they learn the balance by taking steps, then they learn to make a right turn, a left turn, as they start walking, then they start learning to run and make a turn, then they make those wide, big turns when they run, and then we get more and more advanced. So therefore, in order to make a decision, it, the, the reason why you have a tough time is not because you have a tough time making a decision. You made a decision to call, you called. You spoke to me very clearly. You can make decisions. What's happening are the underlying levels that you are missing, the several steps that you're missing. And again, the short answer, that was the reason why I wrote my book, Alive, A Ten-Step Guide to a Vibrant Life, by your host, humbly, Mordechai Weimberger, is because there are ten years that are needed for most people or everyone to just be successful. Number one is having a self-esteem. Number two is, chapter two is about how to make a mistake, that you shouldn't beat yourself up with perfectionism. The next one is there's a slow and steady process, how to go a little at a time. Each of these, you say, is how to say no, how to deal with regret when you make a mistake. Each of these are chapters that are needed, so it's not a one skill that you're missing. It's ten skills, which you can see it in the one area where you have a difficulty making a decision. Does that make sense? Yes, I'm actually aware of all those things, and I'm, um, but along the way, and I'm actually working on it. How? But my question how is, how are you working how? on it? How? I've been in therapy for a while, and I'm really working. <laughs> Excellent. So that's exactly how. So as but you my question it's is, how do I, along the way, I still have to make decisions, because just life goes on. That's right. Many clients ask me, they come to me, and what do we do? And I tell them it's about eight months of therapy. And then they go, but I need the answer now. So I tell them, you should have come eight months ago, and then we would have the answer now. So the answer is that whenever you start, at least you start. It's a skills-based. You can't come over to me, how do I make, how do I have a million dollars right now? Right. You, that's your question. And the answer is, it's a skills-based, it's time. You've got to be comfortable. Part of being able to make a decision is actually learning to be comfortable with not knowing exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Part of it's about making mistakes and not beating yourself up. That's part of it. Part of it's about making the wrong mistake and learning from it. That's part of it. And that's a large part that we focus on the book, Make Mistakes. Harav Nissen, what do you say to this? You know, this is the, it's making mistakes. It's doing, by, by doing, you'll make a mistake. If you don't do it, don't do make mistake. Mistake, you know. Always you have to so, do something. You have to make so mistakes thought, to learn to make. I do to, it, and I actually started doing it by little things, and I make mistakes by things that cost hundred dollars and two hundred dollars. But when it comes to things that cost five hundred dollars and ten thousand dollars, that's when I I okay. feel like my, no no. My question is like I what don't do want to make a mistake. What do you mean decision? What you do, you're going to purchase now the Wall Street Journal or what or you're just going to purchase some kind of uh, items that you... Furniture, yeah, so, sort of, yeah. So why, why you have to make the thing? You have, you, first of all, I think that it will help you that you have so many people that can help, you can ask friends about making this kind of... What do you think about this buying? What do you think about sofa? Is it good price? Don't feel sorry about every time that you're doing and you feel that you're going to lose the, the, the world because you make a, you make a mistake. I don't think that you make a mistake. You pour, you sometimes you buy, you bought something item that maybe, maybe you could get it a little bit cheaper. But who will tell you? you know? So always you have another sell that you can buy uh, a cheaper and you do, you know, make a decision about this. is This is not, nothing. This is not the decision of life and death, you know. 
This you have, you have to, to consult with your friend or somebody, let's say you want to buy this sofa. You check, you go to a few cl- uh, stores, you, know, you find this, the right salesman that he will sell you the, the ice, uh, uh, sofa made in from ice and you bring it home and then it's melting. That you pay them and nothing, you know. But this is something that you have to check about this. You don't, don't worry about this kind of uh, mis- so-called mistake. I don't see it as a mistake. I know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling that many people think, "Oh, I was so silly. I bought so this this item so much, and now it's on the end, on on the sale, and I couldn't wait for this." And I know people that are waiting three days in the parking lot just to get the Black Friday items. This is this is uh, 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 is not normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we all we all doing the same mistakes. So don't worry about mm-hmm. this. This is that, that's not the issue. The mistake is like if you find the right friend, the right person. If you trust somebody and he, he, the other person didn't trust you uh, or mistrust you, this is a question, life and death. But uh, and as a matter of selling another dollar here and another dollar, it's everything from the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Right, and I would just add on to that little bit that realize that if you learn to make decisions from $50 and $100 to be at ease, realize that continue the therapy process, and Mer Hashem, you will be able to learn to make decisions in 500 and then to 1,000 and then to 5,000. Just continue the process. Thank you very much. I really You're welcome. It. Excellent. And the truth is we've got two minutes to go. Should we even take the last call? Uh, Let's try. Mr. Okay, M, okay. you're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. We'll, we'll make it short. What sure. is the, the underlying reason for somebody that cannot accept no. What is the underlying reason that someone cannot accept a no? A very there are short many, question. many underlying reasons. One of the reasons are a very weak self-esteem, that if they get a no, then they feel that they are a loser. They feel rejected. Another reason why a person can have a difficult time saying no is, or getting a no, they might feel that when they will tell someone else a no, then the other person can't feel rejected, and therefore this whole rejection feeling goes around. If I tell them no, they tell me no, we don't like no's. We want everyone to be happy. Another what? similar issue that people have with no's are feeling that they don't have anything. They're feeling empty. So one mm-hmm. of the ways they want to feel good is by helping others or by having others help them. So when you're afraid to be alone, you always want someone around you. So when you say no, it's again going back to rejection, but under a different level, which is, I feel complete now. I've got someone there. People say I'm good. People say I'm nice. But Would you also one say that it, uh, if somebody was given a certain no, then that no becomes a, a bad word to them? Yeah. Like if somebody grew up with a lot of no's? That is another concept, right, where no is a rejection, I don't like you or I don't want you, and therefore they are feeling that I'm worthless. Who would you say no to? Would you tell no to someone that you love? The answer is, of course, it's healthy balance, but if someone was given no all their lives, no is a rejection. So therefore, they don't want to feel rejected, and they can feel the pain that the other one they're assuming will be rejected because they don't know there's a healthy balance. You can say no with love, and the person will feel safe and cared for. But because they don't know about it, they can feel very hurt and very pained, and they can block all no's. So that's on a quick note. Maybe we'll call you back next week to get it uh, a little bit deeper. Most certainly. That would be an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day. You're welcome. Thank you.
And Harav Nissen, I'd like to thank you again for this wonderful program this week. And Hatzlacha and Siyata Deshmaya. Thank you very much. Amen.